Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! And welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, it's snowy outside. It is. It's a snow day. Yeah, and the house is full of pie. Yeah, I ended up making two pies and, and stopped myself from making a third. It's really great. Yeah. Wait, why did you stop yourself? Well, I wasn't consulted on this I know, decision. Right? Well, I, I think I only have one more egg and mm-hmm. then I, I didn't have like enough other ingredients to like make a thing uh-huh so i was like okay well instead of like trying to find a recipe that had exactly the things that i had it's true then i would just i would stop with two pies considering we are two people that is true we do not have a house full of pie eaters no but we do have a house full of pies we do and you know with two pies that means that for dessert tonight yeah. i can have a single dish that combines two seemingly disparate entities that's true you can you can put them right together yeah, and see just... where they cross over Ooh, yeah which is sounds a whole lot like what we do on crossover we do we tend to take two fandoms so two uh creative uh pies if you will endeavors yeah and um See where they cross over um, yeah. in terms of their 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 filling, their, their crust, deliciousness, their deliciousness, their their um, mouth feel. <laughs> That's a terrible word. It really is. Just, there's no way to say it and not sound no. gross. Yeah, exactly. It's like you mouth just made something feel. disgusting. Yeah, but uh, we don't but, yeah. make things disgusting here. We don't. We make them delicious. Yeah. And then we put ice cream on them. Maybe I don't think we have ice cream. I know, but. Like like I, I, like crossover ice cream? Yeah, crossover ice cream. What is that? Um, I mean, I guess like your classic twist, vanilla chocolate twist, True. Uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Yeah, but like I'm saying, like if that were, would we be adding another crossover? Would that be like a three way oh, crossover? That's that's the secret ingredient, which is us. Oh yeah. Yay. We're ice cream. We're ice cream. We finally did it. Um, hmm, this is a very cozy, tasty intro. It is. <laughs> but Annie, what two delicious pop culture pies are we mashing together today? We are mashing together a lot of feelings. We're mashing together Field of Dreams and Toy Story. Or like Feels of Dreams yeah, right? and Feel Story. Oh, God. No, no, that, no, no that's nope. a different movie. Take it back. It's a different movie. I think I saw that on HBO <laughs> Late Night sometime. Don't look at that. Don't Google that, guys. Don't go to Feel Story dot com slash gov <laughs> wow <laughs> i know but i mean frankly considering these days yeah you know yeah, there is probably that exactly before it got all privatized exactly <laughs> well annie why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about field of dreams so field of dreams is a supernatural sports movie set in 1980s iowa um it was based on the book shoeless joe by wp kinsella um and actually like the main character is named ray kinsella so, oh. like he literally named a character after like with his after last him. name but wow. as far as i can tell it's not like like a family story or anything well like he didn't receive it in a dream yeah and it's not like um the princess bride where mm-hmm. william goldman's a character in right. the book but he, it's but it's also not his love there's not like a meta framework to it no he not was just that hoping I nobody would notice i guess not it's like <laughs> oh it's console it's like the, the new smith yeah and like, he's like 
He's like, look, guys, I'm just bad at names. Okay, yeah, right. I'm really bad at names. Native Facebook didn't exist then. You couldn't look through your friends of friends exactly. to find names. He just named everybody after the first thing he saw in the room, and he had a big <laughs> mirror him. right in front of yep. his desk. That's so. That's how that story happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the movie was written and directed by Phil Alden Robinson and released in nineteen or nineteen eighty nine. Um, it received good reviews and was ultimately nominated for three Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Well deservedly. So yeah, good I would job, say. guys. Um, and like as someone who literally just watched the movie again last night, mm-hmm. like yeah, it holds up. Absolutely, yeah. it does. There's still a lot of fields. Oh, totally, fields totally in a lot of fields. fields. I love the feel fields. <laughs> Harvesting the fields. Mm. I'm sure there's a gif of that somewhere. On I Tumblr. hope so. <laughs> um, so for these particular fields, um, farmer Ray Kinsella is walking through his cornfields one evening when he hears a voice whisper, "If you build it, he will come." Oh, right. It starts with he. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely he. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's only he. Yeah. Is it? I thought I it was they eventually. Maybe. I can't remember. Oh. I watched it last night. I don't remember that particular part. <laughs> um, but Ray doesn't understand what the voice means at first, but he gets this feeling that he's supposed to plow down his corn and build a baseball field. His wife is oddly on board with this. Yeah. She sort of just goes with it. Yeah. Apparently, like, they frame it as, like, they were real big into the 60s, so I think they're, like, leftover hippies. And she's just <laughs> like, sure, cool, you do you. I didn't really like farming anyway. Yeah, right? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So who comes out of the cornfield to play baseball but Shoeless Joe Jackson? Everybody's favorite. Everybody's favorite. Um, Ray's father was a minor league baseball player who loved the Chicago White Sox, including Shoeless Joe Jackson, who was part of the team that was found to have thrown the World Series in 1919. Ray's father wanted Ray to end up as a pro baseball player, but Ray pushed his dad away and they never um, reconnected. Mm but now Ray has baseball players out the wazoo right. in his cornfield. Popping up out of the corn. Just old dead um, baseball players coming out um, to play baseball. But they're not old when they come out of the field. Well, they're normally. They're like. They're the young version of the their young old version. Themselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, unfortunately, only Ray, his wife Annie, and their daughter Karen can see the ghost baseball players. And ga- ghost baseball players aren't paying the bills. Um, Annie's brother Mark insists that they're going to lose the farm. And like that is actually legit. Like they're not making money. Especially if you can't see the ghost baseball players. You just assume like there's a gas leak or something and my right. sister's family is going insane. Right. They're sitting on the sidelines watching these phantoms play baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Mark is like he's not a nice person. But watching the movie again, I was like, wow, he, he kind of has a point. He's sort of like Walter Peck in Ghostbusters. The guy from the EPA. True. Like he makes a lot of good points. He just doesn't make them very well. No, exactly. So Ray ends up hearing the voice again. This time it says, ease his pain. Ease his pain. Um, And he decides that um, that means he needs to find reclusive author Terrence Mann. Um, And actually in the book, it is literally J.D. Salinger. Oh, really? Yeah. And then J.D. Salinger, like, I guess, heard that they were making the movie. And, and he, he was like, like I will that. sue you if you use me. Oh, man. Yeah. He, he, Good hermiting like, job, Yeah, right? Yeah. So they invented an author um, played by James Earl Jones, so mm-hmm. did not look like J.D. <laughs> Salinger at all. And, you know, kind of an improvement. Oh, totally. Right? I'll take um, James Earl Jones as my reclusive author. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Ray gets Terrence Mann. They go to and convinces him to go to a Red Sox game um, together. And so they're at the game, and Ray hears the voice again saying, "Go the distance." Yeah. Um, and sees the name Archibald Moonlight Graham on the scoreboard. Um, Mann reveals that he has heard the voice too, and also saw the name 
So mm-hmm. now they are on a journey to find Graham, who they find out has already passed away. Yeah. Um, Ray takes a walk that evening after hearing about how Archibald Graham was like the greatest person and doctor ever. Everybody's a big e- Archie everyone, fan. Everyone loves Archie comics. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> they're, 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 all, they're all jugheads exactly. in, that, oh. in that town. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, that's what they call them. Um, so Ray takes a walk that night and ends up walking kind of back in time and finds an el- elderly Graham who is happy that he ended up as a doctor. Like mm-hmm. he played one game in professional baseball and like didn't even get to bat. Yeah. But like he, you know, left after that game figuring yeah. that like he was going to get set down to the minors again. Um, didn't want to go through that and like left to become this amazing town doctor. I think my brain weirdly had filled that moment in saying that he like played one game and then like a war broke out like world war ii oh, broke no. out or something and, and then it like, was like went, and so well, he was like well i never got to go back and play oh but, man no it's even that sadder be... that they were just like no sorry well because like that's how baseball is yeah you know it's like you maybe get you shot. get your shot you get your shot and like he didn't even get to bat like exactly. it doesn't even work out um but on the way back to iowa ray and man pick up a young hitchhiker who turns out to be the young archie graham mm-hmm. so it's like ghosts upon ghosts <laughs> ghost on ghost on ghosts yeah ghostception oh uh, back at the farm young archie gets to play with shoeless joe and the other ghost players um while ray and mark argue over the financial state of the farm karen is knocked off the bleachers and is choking on a hot dog Young Archie sees this, and he steps over the line of the field to become old Archie and save Karen. So he oh. sacrifices, like, the rest of his time playing baseball with these famous baseball players in order to save this little kid's life. Yeah, as a baseballer. Yeah. It's really it, – and then, like, he walks back into the cornfields. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, really meaningful. And then Mark can finally see the baseball players because of this yeah. <laughs> and insists that they have to save the farm. Like, like This nice old doctor just materialized in front of yeah, me. Yeah, he like turns and he's like, where did all these baseball players come from? Yeah. Um, so when the game is over, the, player, the players invite Terrence Mann back into the field with them. Um, Ray is mad that he is not invited, but then he realizes um, that his father, who is young and not dead, is there, and all of the mysterious messages have been leading him toward reconciling with his father. Yeah. Um, they, The two of them play catch on the field while um, we see kind of a line of cars driving toward the field of dreams. America coming on America, its pilgrimage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so... Yeah, I guess his dad had just been like hanging back or something. I'm trying to remember how that reveal is done. I th- so the da- it was he's the catcher, so oh, he has the face right. mask on, and he like takes off his mask, and it's the dad. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, yeah, and it's very sweet. And it's real feelsy. And everybody cries. Everyone cries. It's like we were talking about this last night. Like Kevin Costner can do like a couple things real well, yeah. and him saying. Do you want to have a catch, Dad? Is like one of those things. Absolutely, it like play. This movie plays so into his strengths. Yeah, exactly, and in a great way. Oh yeah, like it's a wonderful movie, and he's so earnest in it. Mm-hmm. And the movie itself is so earnest. Um, like everybody's committed to the feelings and the mythologies the movie is creating because they all realize the importance of being earnest. Yes. <laughs> That's the name of the thing. But I think Time Like Kevin Costner is a great way to lead into characters. It's, uh, the oh. Losing one parent is a misfortune. Losing two is it's carelessness. carelessness. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so for characters, we have Ray Kinsella, Iowa farmer, baseball fan, and supernatural conduit. Mm-hmm. Um, He's like the, the sea battery of the afterlife. Exactly. Um, 
There's Annie, Ray's wife, who's a total hippie and supportive of Ray's weird baseball thing, but she also does not want to lose their farm. Yeah, she's got a practical edge. She does. And, um, and big fan I, of Terrence Mann's writing. Yeah. I lo- There's a scene where she, um, I guess the local high school is mm-hmm. had been using one of his books, which is supposed to be very Catcher in the Rye-ish. Um, and a lot of those, you know, small town people want sure. to ban it. They want it off the curriculum. And some woman is standing up and like ranting about how this is pornography and this is awful. <laughs> and then Annie steps up and she's like, no, this book is so meaningful. And it was all about fostering peace and love. And she like basically gets in a fight with this lady and it's like the gets the crowd on her side. I love it so much. Yeah, It's like a super like academics. Yeah. Like, rallying cry. She's so cute. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um. There is uh, John Casella, Ray's father, um, Karen, who's Ray and Annie's daughter, um, and she is the little girl, a little girl who ended up going on to, um, oh, the movie about the four girl. Oh God, why can't I remember? Little this Women. Movie? No, um, that was a movie about four girls. That was. It's like they're all friends in the seventies, and like we all loved Sisterhood it. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. No, that's another one about four girls. Yeah. I'll think of it Babysitter's later. Club. It's fine. <laughs> There's no, a lot of several girls. girls. No, the Babysitter's Club had more than four girls. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize they were. Excuse well, me. Well, especially once you factor in all the franchises. Well, that's true. They had the alternates mm. um, who didn't come to the meetings. <laughs> the B team? They, yeah. Well, yeah. Because it was like if all the other babysitters were real busy, they could call in the alternates. So they were like licensed by the Babysitter's yeah, Club. Yeah, franchised. Act, franchise, but like if anybody else tried to nose it on their territory, they'd get their knees broken. Exactly. Man. Right. Christy had a baseball bat there for a reason. It was a very dark undertone exactly. of the Babysitter's Club. Um, so there's Shoeless Joe Jackson, a former baseball player who was thrown out of the game for allegedly throwing the World Series. Terrence Mann, a reclusive writer who uh, Ray draws into the world of ghost baseball. And at the end, it's like the indicate it's supposed to be like he's going to write about it. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's not like he didn't play baseball. Um, he just liked baseball. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. It's and he, like he there's like some interview he did where it's like he said that he wished he could have. Right. And, like, but, you know. But yeah, he just didn't. He like didn't. he, it wasn't like he's not the same thing as the Archibald. No, where like he had been forwarded, and now he gets his chance to yeah. play. Yeah, this like is like yeah, exactly. And he's gonna like uh, basically share the story of ghost baseball with America, mm-hmm. which is a story that America needs to hear. Apparently, because they're all coming for it. Absolutely. Um, there's Archibald Moonlight Graham, a young baseball player who played in one major league game without a chance at bat before leaving baseball to become a doctor. There's Mark, Annie's judgy brother. Um, I think of him like the Benny in Rent. Yes. He's, He's just like, just please pay your bills. Just please pay your bills. Yeah. Like, it's And totally it's like, fine. you're not a good person, but also you have a point. Right. It's like, you're not wrong. You're just a jackass. Yeah. Um, and there are various other baseball players. Um, Buck Weaver, Chick Gandel, um, and Swede Risberg. Good um, names all. Yeah, right. And those are, I guess, like real baseball players. Yeah, I too. believe they were all in the Black Sox scandal or, yeah. least, or many of them yeah were. i think they they were so this is like their chance to come back and mm-hmm. get to play poor black Sox. i know right but they were like the white socks well they were the white socks yeah it's the black Sox scandal yeah so, exactly yeah. yeah because then they were like you're not allowed to wash your socks in our laundry anymore yeah right they have to go do their own laundry oh no and they were the, like we're men we don't know how to do that the worst punishment I know, right <laughs> Um, some themes of the movie, um, faith is a real big one. So it's it's not a traditionally religious movie, um, even though you it's I mean, it's about the afterlife and this yeah. big mysterious voice in the sky. But like no one ever says God is talking to me like 
yeah. they mention heaven, but it's a real vague site. It's not like where are the angels and like. It feels like a much better executed version of that movie, The Shack, that came out last year. Oh yeah, where like the guy goes and like. But that's like uh, real God heavy is like Jesus. Octavia Sp- Spencer. Uh, but I would like, have. I I hope that's the if, case. Yeah, if she was God, that yeah, would be great. Right. But yeah, I think The Shack. I I feel like if if Field of Dreams were made now, it would be much more overtly Christian. Yeah, like um. All those like Christian cinema movies. Yeah, like fire. The one where the kid and, died. Uh, God's or, not dead. Like, and, yeah, the one where the kid almost died, or like oh, right, dies for a second, the and then he experience. sees like heaven is for real. Heaven I think is real. That's yeah, God's not dead. They're all very declarative. Yeah, this field of dreams is a little more loosey goosey. Yeah, like, and I think when I was thinking about it, I thought it was much more like overtly religious. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like Ray is never like God is talking to me right. or like I'm it's just like I hear this voice and I feel compelled to do it. Yeah, People and don't I, talk about it as a religious experience. Yeah. And I feel like in it's more America as religion and like Americana as religion. For sure. Because um, again, it's all about like baseball and like Terrence Mann has this whole monologue at the end about like how people will come and it will remind them of a simpler time and it will like bring people together and they'll be on this yeah. pilgrimage to find something that is like pure and good it's like america and nostalgia yeah because yeah even like i mean these are players who literally through the world series it was not pure and good right it's everybody wants to remember them as when they yeah, were yeah it's like you get almost like an emotional redo mm-hmm. whereas like frey and his father like they didn't have a great relationship um but they get this emotional redo in the movie it's like a control z on growing up yeah, you exactly. Get be, you get to be an adult, but you get to still have childhood innocence towards things. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. And, um, I mean, problematic long term, but in this case, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. And I think it's about like finding this kind of pure joy and mystery and like yeah. being part of something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and like uh, when um, Archie Graham is like old doctor is talking about like he wouldn't want to like go back and be a baseball player but he's like I just wish I had like one really good day Yeah, and like and the way he talks about like running the bases and hitting the ball it's like you're part of this thing that's so much bigger and be- more beautiful and greater than you and I think they're all seeking that as opposed to like seeking Jesus right exactly they're all they're looking for something that's in their past but being able to appreciate it and yeah. get a little bit more out of it yeah which is lovely it is um and ray puts an immense amount of faith in the mysterious cornfield voice um like at the expense of all reason mm-hmm. and i think in that way it does feel again like very biblical in like noah style you're gonna build an ark yeah and you don't even know exactly why and you're just sort of driven and compelled yeah. to do this thing that people are making fun of you for yeah like no one else gets it um mm-hmm. but you are compelled to do this thing and again like it's god is not calling him to do this thing here but again it's it's that very biblical sense of like this is much bigger than you and you are following it yeah. even though you don't understand why and it's great because instead of being like i'm gonna build this ark and then you're all gonna drown it's like i'm gonna build this baseball field and then and you then can all come watch baseball yeah, everybody's gonna have come and feel good that's pretty cool that's great um and again like americana another real big theme here the movie dives into like real deep into what we think of traditionally american like baseball and family and farmland but while also dealing with the hard flip side of that like cheating scandals and financial ruin and grief and like being able to process your pain through finding this thing that is greater than you yeah that it's not pure escapism it's not just like we're going to go back into this time when everything was yeah oh yeah exactly because it's like no these guys yeah it's like these guys were not having a good they were literally thrown out of baseball and again like it it gets them to have like it it, it almost like lets people be forgiven yeah and like be able to like return to 
something that is that is better. Yeah, like a state of grace. Yeah, like exactly. It gives grace to people. Yeah, totally. Um, and easing pain is another big thing here. It's like a literal message in the movie. Yeah. Um, and the baseball field brings so many people together from the past and present to help manage their particular sadnesses and regrets, yeah. um, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and it, and it works through positive therapy. Yeah. It's not like they're sitting around talking. It's like, you know, we're going to go do some good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a good way to get over trauma. It is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, do do sportses? Sportses, the sports games. Sports games. Um, and things I like and think other people will like. Again, this is just such an earnest movie. There's a lot of sentimentality here, but the movie is full on giving us heart, which is really refreshing. Yeah. It's like watching someone, like, do a vocal performance that, like, is not great, but is like super committed and emotional. Yeah, like, like, and I get, but everyone's doing a real great job. Oh yeah, and no, it's just the craftsmanship there's, is there's very no high in cynicism it. here. Yeah, um, yeah. And even when like Annie's brother and her fan, the rest of her family think like they're like something is wrong. Like, I, it, it's very obvious that like if you were seeing these people, you would think there was something real wrong there. Oh for sure. Um, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of um, in that way of Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah, which is a movie that like. The premise of it is, what if somebody did this crazy thing and everyone around him just went with it? Yeah. It was like, well, and you're like, dealing with something. Right. So we're going to all help you out. And yeah. Like, and yeah, it has that feeling. And it doesn't... I feel like it's a movie that even though it's so earnest, it doesn't make itself any bigger than it is. No. Because I think the none of the characters really get what's going on. Ooh. They're all just like on this ride. Right. And they're like, we don't know why this voice is talking to us. Like the... The players don't exactly know what's going on. They just know that they get to play baseball again. Right. And they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, they they know they're dead, but they know they get to play baseball again. And even like the dad at the end is like, is this heaven? Yeah. But then he also knows what heaven is like. Yeah. But I think, and but then, even that when he's like, heaven's where your dreams come true, I think it's like him being like, this is what I think of as heaven. Uh, yeah, not still even, aspirational. Yeah, still aspirational and not like, oh, I've been to heaven that's what this yeah. that happens. I think it's him being like, well, that to me, that's what heaven would be. That is true. Um, so yeah, I think like it's a it's a weird world in which, like, it People seems like there's it. a logic to it, but mm-hmm. like none of the characters really understand how it works. Yeah, it feels very literary. I mean, it yeah. does. That's the way that I feel like it feels most like a book adaptation. Yeah, where because you get to control the narrative, you just kind of can have the characters move with things yeah it's like it's like american magical realism yeah where they're just like okay well i guess this is a thing we're one step removed from normal life yeah and that helps us yeah circumvent like you said that cynicism and that questioning um and it's also a um a great sports movie like it you can either enjoy it because you love baseball or you can enjoy it despite the fact that you don't know anything about baseball. Totally. Um, the movie has uh, obviously has a huge love for the sport and its joys and challenges and how it brings people together, but it doesn't rely on you knowing about baseball or caring about it as like a league thing. Yeah, it's more to about like it. why people love it. Yeah, and again, like how it's this symbol for something great and has to do with like teamwork and pushing yourself to be your best and like being out in the world and in the fresh air and yeah. like enjoying like being in the moment yeah there's a it's like there's a richard greenberg play called take me out that deals with baseball players and one of the characters in it is like a man who he's an accountant and he like learns to love baseball mm-hmm. but for like 
very, very surface level, not surface level, but like non-baseball related reasons. Yeah. It's about like the poetry of the sport and the fact that like everybody stops when you hit a home run and just watches you run the bases. And like, like, yeah, I think there's a lot to talk about, especially because baseball is a sport gets talked about a lot as boring and slow. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of air to fill in for like why people love it. Yeah. They do it. Um, so yeah, so that's Field of Dreams. Nice. Uh, do you want to give us some more feels from um, the animated yeah, side of the world? Let's go to a different feels field. Yeah. Um, I I guess there aren't any fields in this movie. I was going to try to make that segue work, but um, yeah. let's talk about Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> so Toy Story is a 1995 computer animated movie uh, and the first feature by Pixar Studios. Um, it paved the way for computer animation as the dominant version of the form and started Pixar's merciless reign of feelsing over American pop culture. Yeah, like um, make you cry right in the beginning of a movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like they, this is, it's really fascinating. I mean, Toy, Toy Story really has the seeds of everything that Pixar would become in it. And I remember just when it came out, the novelty of just like, oh, it's a movie all in CGI. And then yeah. people kind of getting surprised by the fact that it also had a, d- a deep it was emotionality told a good to story it. Yeah. yeah i remember like what a big deal it was it was like they mm-hmm. made a movie like all through computers yeah. actors are done they're over now. yeah right <laughs> thanks um what's his name who makes the creepy Beowulf and um... oh no robert zemeckis yeah oh yeah no that cool boy he really tried to make that he, happen. he really wanted to oh man um, but yes, the movie Toy Story focuses on Woody, the favorite toy of a young boy named Andy. Uh, Woody is a classic 50s era cowboy doll who also acts as the benevolent ruler of Andy's room full of other toys. Um, yeah, right? Yeah. He's, he's a benevolent dictator. He's like president of the, to- of the toy room. Nobody's sad about the fact that he's the boss. True. Uh, because he's Nobody's the running toy. for the job. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the premise of the movie is that when they aren't being watched, toys come to life and have their own little society and everything. Um, one of the first in a long line of what would be the Pixar special Secret Life of Blank movies um, and executed very well. Um, however, uh, the status quo of Toy Story gets threatened by the arrival of Buzz Lightyear, a brand new shiny space toy who Andy and even the other toys uh, not only seem to like better than Woody, but also doesn't seem to actually realize that he is a toy. Um, so much hilarity and jealousy oh, ensues. Oh, Buzz. I know. Oh, Buzz Lightyear, you big dumb guy. Um, yeah, I love that it's never particularly explained why he thinks that he's an actual yeah, space ranger. other toys all know that they're toys. Yeah, but they're um, also like older toys, like, and he doesn't have a lot of newer toys. True. Well, I mean, he has like the speak and spell around oh, uh, like... Yeah. Toys that are like normal, like in 1980s, 90s toys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like Buzz is the only one who really knows, like I, who thinks that he's, he's a space ranger. Yeah. He like comes pre-programmed with and this like, plot line. Even in the second one, when we see like Barbie and mm-hmm. all those, like the, she, Barbie knows she's a toy. Yeah. They know so what, like, they've if, got their little universes. And all the other Buzz Lightyear still think they're Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. So it's, so just it's like, the programming. It's, they must have used some weird plastic or yeah, something right? in the manufacturing. Um, but uh, Woody grows jealous of Buzz's newfound uh, popularity and attempts to um, knock him behind the desk so that Andy will take Woody on a coveted trip to Pizza Planet um, the night before Andy and his mom moves. Um, 
However, the prank goes awry, and Woody and Buzz are both knocked out of the window instead. Uh, to make matters worse, the other toys think that Woody has defenestrated Buzz on purpose and that he's a murderer. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, so Buzz and Woody uh, have to start an odyssey to get back to Andy before he moves the next day, and they're unable to find him, uh, which takes them to Pizza Planet and beyond, where and they wind up in the house of Andy's deranged child neighbor, the dreaded Sid. Um, who tortures toys. Um, on their travels, uh, Buzz and Woody also have to come to a mutual understanding with one another, and Buzz has to deal with the revelation that he is, in fact, oh. not a natural space ranger and instead just a toy. Which is a real wonderful emotional oh, arc yeah. in the movie. Because it's so, like, on the surface, it's so dumb, but the movie makes it so deeply, profoundly sad. Oh, yeah, because it's like, he's just a toy. Like, right. when you say, oh, I'm a space ranger, that's the most exciting thing ever. Yeah. And then it's like, no, hon, you're not even a real person. Right. You're just plastic. Um, and and there are millions fly. of you. Yeah. So it's it's a re- really fascinating, like, uh, like philosophical like, dilemma that like Buzz who is, going is through. who is the self and mm-hmm. uh, and the movie also has a lot of fun with it in addition to making it sad um, and finally uh, Buzz and Woody manage to work together to uh, catch up to Andy's moving truck help Sid's tortured toys overthrow and permanently scar him uh, mentally not physically it's not a grotesque movie it's not like the puppet master or something yeah right um, and eventually learn to live in peace and harmony as co-presidents of Andy's new toy chest in his new home Aww. Um, and then they, then the family gets a puppy and everything's <gasps> thrown again uh, cue the sequels um, so the characters are fantastic and really the cast stays pretty much the same and grows over the course of the yeah. movies but uh, the characters uh, got some the, good mainstays yeah some really good sticking ones um, there's Woody played by Tom Hanks because of course he's played by Tom Hanks of course um, the best leader you'd ever want outside of the mega, megalomaniacal jealousy that pops up occasionally um, he's nice enough uh, there's Buzz Lightyear voiced by Tim Allen in a like, unfortunately, great performance because Tim Allen's a jerk. Yeah. But he does a great job of being a dumb guy. He's he's a great Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> he should have just stuck to that. Um, and Buzz is a toy that very, very, very much wants to be for real and just can't quite do it. Um, then we've got uh, one of the most fun parts of the movie, which is all of the other toys. Uh, like you said, the Speaking Cell and Speaking Spell and like Etch a Sketch, like all of these toys pop up that people have had yeah. as kids. Um, but especially Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, um, who have... so are we talking just first movie? Oh, that's right. Mrs. Potato Head isn't in the it's first a, movie. Well, she is revealed she at, the at the end, end of the yeah, yeah, that they get Mrs. Potato Head. But yeah, Mr. Potato Head's just a bachelor. In yeah, the first right. Movie. Swinging bachelor, right? Um, Living life, taking his face off and putting it back on, right? Just like you, like you do. Yeah, like as normal, a bachelor. normal single life. <laughs> There's a metaphor in there for just, somewhere. Yeah, for right. 20s. Yeah, Tinder, right? Hi, uh, swipe left her oh, eyeballs. Man. I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> um, There's Slink, a Slinky dog toy, and Woody's most loyal friend. Uh, There's Bo Peep, who is Woody's love interest, which raises all sorts of weird questions about the lives of toys and the meta- metaphysics I they're think in. They're um they're like romantic like but but asexual asexual romantic yeah Yeah, they're like you know hetero or bi-romantic yeah they asexual so yeah like they're okay with that that's true they're living their lives yeah um there's rex a cowardly t-rex toy voiced by wallace sean because that's just my favorite thing in the movie is that wallace sean is a t-rex yeah right uh, I feel like between Wallace Shawn as a T-Rex and Danai Guerrera in um, 
Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Like we like playwrights are really doing well. Playwrights in the are great, everybody. Here. Yeah. Give playwrights all the money to do all the things. Yes. <laughs> no, Agreed. No agenda outside Very of that. Very unbiased. <laughs> um, you've got the Army Men. Uh, they're more fun than a barrel of monkeys, uh, which also pop up in the movie. Um, you have Ham, a piggy bank voiced by soon-to-be Pixar good luck charm John Ratzenberger. True. I think he has still been in every movie they have ever done. As far as I know. Yeah, I think, I mean, most of the time these days, it's like a bit part yeah. or like a one, but like he is a mainstay in Pixar. Um, and then on the human side, there is Andy, the benevolent god of the toy room. Uh, there is Sid, a demented and troubled kid next door. Uh, and then there's Mrs. Davis, Andy's mom, who throws awesome birthday parties and gives Andy a lot of cool toys and seems pretty cool in general. Yeah, right? Yeah. Good job. She does a good uh, job of handling a move, which is a big Yeah, a big right? Upset. That's a lot. Absolutely. Um, and I don't think we ever get any reference to Andy's dad either. I don't think so. I so. Think she's a single mom. Yeah. And so. like, I don't know whether it's like they divorced and he's totally yeah. out of the picture or he passed away and maybe there was never a Mr. D- yeah. Davis. Just Mrs. Davis, you yeah. know, living her life. Um, and then there are, of course, the themes and the fun stuff about the movies. Um, a big theme of the film is friendship and jealousy. Um, the idea yeah. of like wanting to be someone's best friend and then feeling supplanted and betrayed. Um, there is the pain of watching a kid grow up. Oh, so sad. I know. This, this is a theme that gets hit harder and harder with each subsequent movie. But it's there already in Toy Story of this idea that, I mean, the toys have a sort of parental relationship with Andy where they've watched him grow up. And, you know, this is the and first supporting moment. supporting him. Where, yeah. And this is the first moment where Woody is seeing Andy start to grow away from him and have interests that aren't him. Um, there is the joy and sadness of Randy Newman songs. Um, we, there's both. There's You Got a Friend yeah, in Me and I Will Go Sailing No More. And yeah. boy, Randy Newman's great at music. Uh, and then um, there is just like, the idea of friendship as something requiring selflessness and sacrifice that, uh, I don't know, I think there's something about, like, Woody has to learn that it's not about him necessarily, and that Andy yeah. will still give him what he needs, but he also needs to let Andy be Andy. Yeah, and to, and that there is, I think, to acknowledge that there is space for more love. Mm-hmm. Like, him loving yeah. another toy does not mean that he's going to love Woody less. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Space for more love. Aww. Um, There's being nice to your toys as a big theme. Um, Yeah, this is the movie that immediately made everyone feel guilty about the big bag of stuffed animals they had up in the attic. And made me like go home and pull out all my toys and apologize to them and try to play with them. I know, right? Yeah. Because it's like... I don't want stuff laying around. It's a cruel thing to do to a kid. But yeah, Be right? Like, hey, remember all those toys you got bored of? Oh, yeah. They're, Go play with them. Exactly. They're, they're so sad. Yeah. And I feel like the, the later movies do a good job of mitigating that a little bit, like showing how the toys handle yeah. being Yeah, and that like you you can pass them on mm. and like let more kids enjoy them. It doesn't yeah. have to, it's not like you have to play with them forever because you're going to be a grown up. Exactly. Oh, Toy Story 3. I know, right? <sighs> we'll talk about that sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm not emotionally prepared for it right No. Now. <laughs> but for now, everybody's still getting played with. Yay. Toys are still great. Best it, friends. Yes. And there's a puppy. Oh, the puppy. Yeah. It's good times are had by all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are our two movies. Uh, where are these thematically crossing over? Um, I think the nostalgia factor is mm-hmm. real big here. Like the, the purity of things from days gone by. Yeah. Um. The the mysteriousness of a world that we don't quite understand. Yeah, I think like consistent but 
impenetrable metaphysics. Yeah. Like the idea that like things make sense and have rules, but no one really questions why it all happens. Yeah. And like the toys are just like, well, I'm I'm a toy and this right. is what we do. And it's not like how how did you when did you get to be alive? Yeah. Like and like how like they all just agree that they won't move when adults are when yeah. humans are in the room, but then they decide to break that and it's yeah. like, okay, we're breaking the rules. Yeah. Um and it makes for a great scene. But oh, it yeah. is like, man, That's where agree. are those? Oh, it's so creepy. It's great. <laughs> oh Sid. You're going to have a really hard life ahead of you. I know, right? Well, no, he ends up okay. He gets a job at the dump. So. Yeah, but like he seems like he's doing okay. It's That's like true. he's, he seems he's happy. Yeah, exactly. He's not torturing things anymore. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think those are the, the biggest crossovers yeah. um, of like, yeah, I think nostalgia and metaphysics. Yeah. Which go hand in hand. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, how about physically? What is the crossover of these two um, stories? Well, I think Karen is really the linchpin as a, as a kid. Uh-huh. Um. Now, do we want to give her the toys, or are we saying like there's a neighboring farm where Andy and his mom moved to? I had gone back and forth because I had thought also maybe like Kevin Costner is Andy grown up. Oh man, maybe he had to change his name. Yeah, for purposes because he kills for, for tax reasons. I don't know. <laughs> the, to- the toys have seen so much. <laughs> it's interesting. I keep trying to think of like so. I'm trying to cross these these worlds over, and I keep coming back to an image that I want to happen but don't want to be terrifying, which is a bunch of animate toys emer- emerging from a cornfield. <laughs> yeah, right. And like I can't think of what that shot looks like, like that of, isn't like oh god. I no. feel like for both of them, if you set the score to a minor key, they would be horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just like a line of toys emerging. Yeah, from and like especially if they're old timey toys, like uh-huh. a bunch of really old dolls. Oh, yeah. Like and Shoeless Joe is like, oh god, they found us. Know, right, run, dear God, run! <laughs> Don't look back. Um, yeah, so I want to avoid that. Yeah. But that was the first image that popped into yep. my head for sure. Um, so yeah, I think Karen is a great happy medium. Yes. Um, and I think, um, let's say, because, you know, Andy is still such a part of the Toy Story mm-hmm. world. I feel bad killing him off, basically. Yeah. So I'm going to say that Andy and his mom and little sister moved to Iowa. Yeah. And they are they're living the farm life. Maybe Absolutely. maybe they're moving in with Andy's mom's parents. So like right. they're going to help out on the farm because Andy's grandparents are like getting a little older right. now. So going to take care of yeah. Andy's family. Yeah, I like that. So they're down the road. Yep. Uh, and then one day they see all these cars coming out of nowhere and they're like, what are these people doing clogging up the streets? We can't yeah. get to school anymore. Well, that- let's, I'm going to back up and maybe yeah. like let's cross over while the movie's happening. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> Instead of talking about... Because then it's about- not just Andy going to watch the Ghost Baseball game. Yeah, right. And, and also patterns. like dealing with the small town traffic patterns. Yeah, that's maybe not the most compelling narrative no. that ever existed. I mean, I would watch it. Don't really? get me wrong. Yeah, I would put it on in the background. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but yes, so while the movie is going, yep. so Andy and... Uh, and, and Karen are and friends. They're hanging out. Yeah, they go around and play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, do they do they go into the cornfield? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so it's like... Yeah. It is, and, and I'm assuming Andy sees the players right off the bat. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like, I think as in a kid, you're... You're inclined toward imagination. Right. You're toward, more open to toward it. mysterious things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so they think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think like, is there something that the toys are being called to do at the same yeah, time? Yeah, I feel like there would be. Like, like Woody is hearing a voice too. Yeah. Um, or Buzz. Or, yeah. yeah. And they like so. There's something else that they're being pushed to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think of like what that is. I know. I mean, like, I mean. You know, baseball players were kids once, too. Yeah. And they, I'm sure they had toys they loved. Yeah. Like, do they have to go, like, find toys 
of the these baseball. past baseball players. <laughs> or like, I feel like it's real. Again, it's hard not to get creepy. Yeah. But then I was like, well, what if we had like kids? Because, you know, back in the day, kids died so young. Oh, man. So this like, did get dark real fast. Yeah. It's like when they bring out the kids to watch the games. Oh. But then it's like ghost, toy. ghost children, ghost children, and ghost toys, and ghost toys. We're getting a lot of weird, creepy ghosts walking out of this cornfield. Oh boy! <laughs> okay, how about this? Yeah. Um. So, is it Ray's like family house or um? His, no, because he he's from like the East Coast. Okay. So it's I think her, she's from Iowa. Great. I think it might be like her family house. I think that. Somewhere along the line, yep. you know, this house has come into the family. Yeah. It's a very old house. Yep. I think the toys get called to rescue a chest full of old toys yep. that are still in the house, yeah. like up in the like attic. Like Annie's or down toys. In the yeah, like Annie's old toys. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then it's not just the creepy random toys in a house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So what, like, go You ahead. know what this could be? Yeah. This could be the explanation of why Annie is so cool with what's happening. Because, so Annie is like, off off camera, yeah. she's really unsure about Ray. And she's like, yeah. man, he's going crazy. Like, things are really weird. But then, like, like she finds a bunch of her old toys. Oh, my gosh. And, like... What if... I mean, this is going into the second one. But, like, yeah. what if she had a Jesse doll? Absolutely, she could have a Jesse yeah. doll. Um, yeah, because then we get Ajahn Cusack in the movie. Yeah, so. and I totally see Annie as someone who would have a Jesse. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that like the toys get the message that they have to go find them. Yeah. And they don't know who them is, but they go to the house or like Andy brings them what over. If, so they, what if they hear this this message, and uh-huh. they but they don't know that the toys are in the attic. Right. So they, in Karen's attic too. It's mm-hmm. another house's attic. Exactly. So like they're, they're breaking into various houses Absolutely. in the Iowa And area. trying not to terrify people. Yeah, right. It's not turning into like a toy version of In Cold Blood. Yes. Oh, wah, wah. But they're like wandering through the cornfields. Like yeah. they're trying to hunt out there. There's probably a bird involved and Maybe. they have to fight the bird. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lots of, lots of birds. Mm-hmm. Um, do, is there a scarecrow that comes to life? Probably. Yeah. And like helps them. A helpful yeah. scarecrow. Yeah. Again, we not can't stress so much. We cannot stress enough how not a horror movie this is right <laughs> um yeah because yeah. what is a scarecrow but a toy for corn it's, right <laughs> really D- no challenge me what what else is it <laughs> i mean it's it's protecting the corn exactly but it's not playing with the corn that we can see that's true We're i haven't seen it i'm not watching it all the time yeah you do watch court. You watch a lot I, uh, of scarecrows. I feel Andy. like I remember. Like so, in preschool, we went on a field trip and we uh-huh. went to a farm, uh-huh. and like we're riding on the little like tractor thing that you know, like totally. you do for um, like a hayride, like a hayride. Yeah, and I feel like I have this very clear memory of like seeing a scarecrow dancing in the fields, and I oh, don't man. know if it's like a thing that they would do when like they'd have the school groups come in and like someone would dress up and uh-huh. then we would dance. <laughs> but then I'm like, was that? Real or am I like hallucinating? Like, or was there an animate scarecrow? Yeah, maybe. I really, uh, yours ended up being way creepier. But my, when you were started that story, for some reason, I really thought you were going to say we were on the tractor and we ran over a scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh no! Um. So yeah. Uh, I'm glad that he was still out there dancing. Me too. Um. So yeah, I think that like they have to go and help Karen through the emotional journey of supporting. Her husband of Annie, of Annie, excuse me, yeah, of supporting her husband on this crazy thing, yeah, Uh, and so like you know she wants to help him, she wants to be there for him, but like it's a crazy thing, yeah. 
and like maybe like, taking her back to a time when she had all this great imagination yeah and like how you know you can't like always understand what's going on in the universe right um, and like things just sort of appear like yeah. it's, but again in a not creepy way yeah and then you'd um, be like oh well here are these toys let me give them to karen yeah because i forgot those were up there man i didn't know my parents had put all my old toys back up in the attic right and look at how important this parental relationship yeah. is oh look my husband's dead dad is out there in the cornfield playing, normal. playing baseball totally they should cool. go catch totes cool yeah i'll turn the lights on for them yeah um, yeah so I, I think that that's our, our meta arc yeah, so we've got toys lost in the woods or in the in the cornfield. Corn yeah. Do they go back in time? Is this like Whoa. they end up? They, they they stumble into the ghost cornfield. Yeah, right. They're like, <laughs> but because like they're breaking metaphysical rules too. Yeah. So is it like they they wind up into ghost town? I think they can like talk to the ghosts because yeah. they're allowed to be awake. For yeah, the ghosts. and the ghosts are like, I've already had a real weird day. Yeah, be like, look, we're like not questioning talking piggy anything. bank. We're sure, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and so yeah, I think they have a lovely scene of like with yeah. all the ghosts and the ghosts yeah. play with them and they all talk and like play probably ham plays cards with shoeless joe yeah right or something. yeah yeah absolutely there's a lot of fun there's a fun montage i like that um which yeah, i think takes us into a best buddies oh totally um the toys and the baseball players yeah i think mr potato head and ham especially i could see being big baseball fans oh yeah totally mr potato has a plastic baseball head cap yes that he puts on. oh i love it mm-hmm. um so I feel like um, Woody and and Ray are like very again like very earnest. Yeah. Like one's a farmer, one's a cowboy. That's like Oklahoma. That's a song. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's right a there. Literal that's a song. song. Yep. They're running around in a surrey with a fringe on top. Yep. <laughs> it's very romantic. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just seeing like uh, Kevin Costner. In a surrey with his little toy next to him, and they're both like bopping their heads. Yeah, well, Woody doesn't move, so Kevin Costner has to make him move. He's just sort of bopping back and forth. It's it's therapeutic. And then everyone's like, poor Ray, he's really lost. Yeah, man, Ray's really hit hit a hard time. Yeah, so I think that like they respect one another. Yeah. Maybe maybe they don't have a scene together. Yeah. But they they respect each other from afar. Yeah. I think, I mean, Andy and Karen, obviously. Best friends. Yeah, absolutely best friends. Um, And I can see Annie, or uh, Andy and. Annie and Andy's mother. Yeah. Being Mrs. Davis. The, yeah. Maybe they um the they grew up together. together. Well, yeah, they were on the school board together. Uh-huh. And they grew up together. Oh yeah. So it's like they were childhood friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um yeah. Are there any battle domes here? Um, okay, well there's Sid. Right. Oh um, yeah. Does it follow them to I Iowa? know, right? Maybe he gets sent to reform school in know, Iowa right? and he escapes. Um, He's on the loose. He's in the cornfield. But you know what even said? It's like, wow, you you are like, like real messed up by better. the end. I want him to I'm be okay. I'm worried about this kid. So what about like Mark? Yeah, the brother. The yeah. brother. Uh, I feel like he and Buzz Lightyear would not get along, but I don't know how they would be in a Yeah, right? Because he wouldn't see that Buzz is a thing other than a toy. I think the toys would all like throw peanuts at his head. Yeah, right? Like yeah. They, would be, they would be antagonizing him. Yeah. But he wouldn't understand why. Maybe they like loosen the bolts on the wheels of his car or something. Yeah. Not um, while it's driving. He just oh can't no. pull out of the driveway. Yeah, right. Or they like unscrew the little... Um... <laughs> they cut his brake line. <laughs> <laughs> they put a bomb in the Don't car. Don't worry, Karen. We'll handle this. <laughs> oh, man. I'm thinking of it like the Godfather. Mm-hmm. And just, Essentially. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, but what if they like just unscrew the cap on his... Um, the tires? Yeah, a little it's, like, lo- Yeah. They're playing harmless toy pranks. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... Oh, like... So- I'm sorry? So 
this is maybe pushing it a little too far. So Mark yeah. is the brother. Yeah. What if Mark uh, has a, a new foster kid named Sid? <laughs> I mean, Mark would be someone who's like, there are a lot of rules. He yeah. would provide a lot of structure. I could see it being a foster Sid. family. Yeah, right. Yeah. And maybe Sid, maybe this is post-traumatization yeah. for Sid. And so he he's wary of toys, but maybe they help him see. Yeah. And then, you know, it, Sid helps Mark warm up a little more. Yeah. Um, and Mark, again, like gives Sid the structure he needs, yeah. um, really gives him some, some good, um, like firm love. They're having like a C or D plot. Out yeah, on the side. Like, exactly. Don't see a but, lot you know, of it. but I kind of like that Sid is going to end up okay yeah, in this one. And, he, and I think he comes through big at the end of the movie in one form or another. Yeah. Like he calls the baseball players over or he like helps find the toys or something. Maybe, maybe he actually can't see the baseball players at first. Oh, poor Sid. I know. And then he helps the toys and then he can see the baseball players. Yeah. There. Good we job. did it. Good job, Sid. We solved you. Yeah. Um, any kiss your faces? There aren't a lot of unstable really. relationships. Yeah. And like. Not a lot of undead people, or not a lot of living people. Yeah, and also a lot of toys on one yeah, side of the equation. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think Mrs. Davis seems to be doing fine on her own. Yeah, right? Because, um, yeah, at first I was going to be like, well, there's Mark. Yeah. But you know what? I like him better as a foster dad. Absolutely. Um, he and Sid need to figure each other out first. Yeah, and like... I don't want Sid and Andy to be brothers just mm. yet. I think Sid needs some more focused energy. And some more time. Yeah. To both become a better person and recover from his toy trauma. Yeah. And like <laughs> Terrence Mann, I like him a lot, but like he's older. Right. And like he's also been a recluse for several years. Yeah. Although, it's such a big deal for him to come out of hiding. Yeah. Let alone like start dating somebody. Yeah, exactly. Start dating some woman in Iowa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, I live here now. Yep. That's what I do. Um. Yeah, there. Well, uh, there really aren't any other living characters. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Okay, I'm cool with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a couple of the baseball players are dating. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. They can kiss their faces. Exactly. Whatever. We don't ask questions. What happens in the cornfield is their business. Yeah, but you know, um, isn't that also a baseball play? Well, gay, uh, gay. To take me out. Actually. There you go. That's baseball the one. Player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's there we go. A, a gay baseball player. So yeah, there. You know, it's not like it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I feel good about this. And we managed to stay out of horror territory. Exactly. Reminding everyone that this yeah. is... It's all about tone. Exactly. It's about how you shoot it. Happy score playing underneath. Yes. No minor keys. Nope. No minor keys. No long shots of toys emerging from Exactly. Unless it's for comedic effect. Yep. <laughs> Straight up just Americana. Yeah. Well, if people want some more Americana, we should probably give them some recommendations. Yeah. Um, so for Field of Dreams, if you're in it for the sports, um, we have a league of their own about... The- at the All Women's Baseball League during World War II. I'm just going to say this is the greatest sports movie of all time. Not biased at all. Not biased at all. It's a great sports movie. I say it's better than all the other ones. Watch it and and decide for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's Bull Durham, which is a sports movie that I don't really like. I think it's a sports people sports movie. Yeah, like I cuz I was like wow this movie is real slow. Yeah. And if it's and like, it's I guess it's very much like what it is to be like playing in the minors trying yeah. to get into the majors. Um It, it captures that feeling very well. Yeah. It's also very dude centric. It's so dude centric. There's yeah. only one lady and and her job is to have sex with everybody yeah. and inspire them. Well, to withhold sex, to inspire or them. Or whatever. <laughs> you know what? A League of Their Own has way more ladies. That's true. It's, it's true. amazing. It does a better job with ladies. But Bull Durham is a movie that sports people love. Yes. So whatever It's you very want. true to life. Yes. So if you want to watch a movie that replicates a minor league experience yeah. of the 90s or 80s and 90s, that's, that's the movie for you. Exactly. And also Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner again and Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins. Yeah. Everybody in the movie is delightful and wonderful and does a great job. Yeah. Um, 
more baseballs. We have the rookie about an older guy who's at least older for sports, um, who goes on to play in the majors, and also it's Kevin based Costner. on no, it Isn't was it? um uh who he was married to Meg Ryan for a while. Um, it's uh, not Kevin Costner. Oh, fake Kevin um, Costner. I will. Um. We'll figure that out. Dennis Quaid. Uh, oh, they, yeah, they, that's they right. have a very similar look. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. They're in the same genre of human. Yeah. Um, but they do a good job for what yeah, they do. Absolutely. Um, there is pitch about the first female baseball player in professional baseball. Um, fictional, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it was like, what if there was a woman? Exactly. Um, and the show only had one season before being canceled, which is a travesty. Super unfair. This was, was a delightful. great show. Love the actors. Mark Paul Gossler was in it, and he oh, did yeah. a great job. Like, yeah, we should talk about that sometime. We, oh yeah, it's on the list. Excellent. Like, this is a great show. But it like it ended on like almost on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. which sucks. Oh, no. I wanted to see more. That's most unfortunate. Anyway, real sad. Um, moving into non-baseball mo- movies and shows and stuff. Um, there's Creed, which is about boxing, but has a fantastic father-son theme that hits. Many of the same feels as the father-son feels in Field of Dreams. Plus Michael B. Jordan. Oh, God. Michael B. Jordan, I love you. Oh, and he somehow got and bigger for Black And he's a real jack. Yeah. Yeah. Like, good job, dude. Man, oh, man. Um, there's Rudy, about the most stubborn college football player of all time. Um, for, re- for real, though, this has some, like, super feels. Mm-hmm. And it's apparently not, like, how it happened in real life at all. But I don't care. Yeah, the story's better in the, the movie. The story's so much better in the movie. Yeah. Um, and there's Friday Night Lights, of course, the of TV course. show um, about a high school football team in small town Texas. Never not wrecking Friday we, Night Lights. Yeah, right. We have talked about this. We will continue to talk about yep. Friday Night so Lights get forever. Used to it, everybody. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Yay. Um, and if you're in it for that thin line between real life and the afterlife slash supernatural, mm-hmm. um, there's It's a Wonderful Life, which also features supernatural creatures and so many warm fuzzies Absolutely. and again, like a lot of Americana. Mm-hmm. Um, there's The Good Place, which is the most fantastic and hilarious and touching look at the afterlife, uh, starring Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. So well written. So well written. Perfect. And I think it's only doing three seasons. I think so. So you don't even have to catch up on too much. It's exactly. it's gotten too done now. So, But watch it in order and don't read anything about it if you yeah. haven't seen it yet. Oh, exactly. Um, but even if it's been spoiled for you, it's still worth it. It's yeah. amazing. Absolutely. Um, a wreck from Walt was for this one was Black Panther because it has all these flashes to the ancestral lands. Yeah. I just I just wanted an excuse to wreck Black Panther. Yeah, right. Because Black Panther is amazing. Everybody, you should go so see good. it. It's go the best it. ever. Ah. Um, and then have some feelings about dads mm-hmm. and Got some um, dad feels. Yeah, like history and a lot of fields. Lots of fields. Yeah. And Michael B. Jordan. Michael Jordan. So there we go. We love him. There's absolute. This was a perfectly justified recommendation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, there's If I Stay, which is a book and a movie about a girl who hangs between life and death after a car accident kills the rest of her family. Oh, yeah. Um, there's Harvey, which is um, – the movie is also – it's featured as a clip in Field of Dreams. Aww. Like Karen is watching Harvey. And Harvey. it's about a guy whose best friend is a giant invisible rabbit. A puka. A puka. Oh, Jamie's doing Yeah, he's delightful. Mm. Um, there's Our Town, a play by Thornton Wilder that also deals a lot with Americana and death and the deep sadness of and joy of daily life and relationships. It is also the only play that has literally made me cry ugly tears for like an hour after the ending. And the next day. Oh, though, yeah. I was yeah. a wreck. You forced us to I, leave. Like, I wanted to stay and say hi after the play. Because it was like, oh, like, we have all these now. friends there. And I was, I turned a wall when like the applause started for all the cast. And I was like, we have to leave. Yeah. Like, it was almost like I was going to be violently ill. Yeah. I, but Which I was, is what I thought. Yeah. But nope. No, I was just, just bawling. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Contact, um, which is another kind of deeply earnest film and deals with major questions of what's in the beyond. Absolutely. And that is definitely like instead of Americana, that one is science. Mm-hmm. Um, but still like such genuine like curiosity about kind of what else is out there and and not having to settle on a particular answer Mm -hmm. um but having having a faith that there is something larger and we are going to kind of make contact with it and i think don't hate me for this yeah i feel like matthew mcconaughey and kevin costner are fairly similar humans I like in terms of their vibe on screen. Yeah, and the characters they play. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think Matthew McConaughey has like a shadiness to him. True. That is like, true. Like, he I always think, has an ulterior motive. Yeah, I feel he's got more of a swagger. Whereas I yeah. feel like, at least, like, especially in this, Kevin Costner is just playing like a guy who so everything he says, he feels. He, I mean, Kevin Costner on screen feels like when people talk about an everyman character. Yeah. It's like, oh, I get it. I get why. Everybody pictured the Everman as like a white dude for some reason. Yeah, long, right. Because it was Kevin Costner. <laughs> well, I mean, and also Millennia. Well, that too. Right. Oof. Um, um, but yeah. but yeah, I think um, contact is definitely a good. Jodie one. Foster is the Ooh. the Kevin Costner of science. Yes, I'll I'll stand behind that. Yeah, absolutely. Although she knows a lot more. That's true. She's way smart. She's very smart. But yeah, in that same like, I I have a drive and I because will I, I'm this. gonna I'm gonna like I feel something is out there i'm gonna find it mm-hmm. um so yeah go jody go go jody um yeah Hi. well for, for toy story um most of um, the recommendations i was thinking of are animated movies because i mean pixar and toy story had such a massive effect on the art of animation yeah, right. um and it's so perfectly animated as a film um so the biggest one is the entire story toy story saga um toy story 2 and toy story 3 that kept announcing sequels and i kept being like surely this will be the one they mess up and then yeah. each sequel is better than the ones before oh my it. god they're making a toy story 4 I, I literally, at this moment in time, have no idea how they will accomplish it. Yeah, right? Because like, the ending is so perfect to three. Right. But, like, I'm interested, and they I fully believe they could pull it off. Um, and just all Pixar movies in general. I mean, like I said, Toy Story, the first one, has the seeds of every other Pixar movie yeah. in it in a lot of ways. And it, and it defined a lot of what their house style is. Um, uh, there's also um, the Disney movies that have been made after Pixar got bought by Disney and John Lasseter was put in charge of animation. Um, John Lasseter has been revealed to not be the greatest guy in the world, um, but he's hopefully getting better and they're hopefully and, finding more ways. Yeah. Hopefully th- and um, there are a lot of other people who are right, working on they're these. Finding so. better people to come in. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Zootopia, Tangled, Frozen, um, all of the recent Disney Moana. movies. Moana. Oh, how did I forget Moana? I know, right? Um, are very influenced by the kind of attention to storytelling and craft and character and nuance that Pixar movies have been defined by. Um, there's Homeward Bound Aww. for more cute misfits trying to find their way yeah. home together. Uh, oh, Good job, guys. Down. I used to watch that like all the time. I believe it. Um, for more of the secret life of things uh, that are not Pixar, you can check out The Secret World of Arietti um, or the that. book The Borrowers yeah. um, that it's based on. Um, it's Miyazaki's take on that. So it's very lush and gorgeous and a little less and pop culture really referencing. just really sweet and but, gentle. Yeah, and, it's beautiful. Yeah. <sighs> and a lot of overlapping themes. Um, I think Planes, Trains, and Automobiles actually jumped out as a very like thematically like two guys try- who don't like each other trying to, find- to get back home mm. together okay. and forging a friendship. Yeah. Um, the dynamic is different between like Woody and Buzz and uh, Steve Martin and John Candy but um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a fantastic movie I think it's the best John Hughes one because it doesn't have any weird creepiness in it um, 
and it's just kind of delightful. So watch that. Um, no idea how it holds up because I haven't read it or seen the movie since I was a kid, but there's the Indian in the cupboard. Um, I think it's kind of racist. Yeah, I think I, I, it's a, it's a, the, yeah, it's a measured recommendation. It has the word Indian right there in the title. Yeah, right. Um, it is about toys that come to life. So I felt the need to put it on the list oh, of recommendations. Yeah. And I there's, recall enjoying it when I was a kid. There's another one that I read um, that I looked up actually so I could recommend it here yeah. um, called Midnight in the Dollhouse about Ooh. a little girl. It's like mid 1800s and mm-hmm. she like breaks her breaks her legs or something and she's got to be in bed for months Mm -hmm. and so she gets this dollhouse and but like it's told from the perspective of the dolls and Uh they're like it's the same kind of toy story vibe where they're like alive but the people don't know it yeah and there's like some mystery that they have to solve um so yeah but i don't have any idea about what it what it's like now i loved it it when i was in like second or third grade so those are both uh uh, provisional recommendations um and then totally out of left field recommendation but has a similar dynamic to the like entertainer who's being replaced by somebody else and doesn't take it well uh but seen through a lens of madness is the danny devito film death to smoochie (laughs) so if you're like man i sure do love the vengeance that uh what he feels like he can Mm -hmm. havoc on yeah or like or like if every time that we veered into horror territory in this podcast you were like yeah yeah you should check out there you go that's Um, the one it's a danny devito movie it's crazy but robin williams and ed norton are great in it um i i highly believe it's probably a terrible film uh but it has a lot of funny stuff in it and it's incredibly black comedy um, that still manages to have some heart to it uh, which I remember enjoying when I saw it in the theater so yeah that's my completely out of left field recommendation there you Um, go yeah watch a trailer and you'll know whether you want to watch it or not Um, well Annie we did it we didn't make it scary yeah good for us good for us I'm very proud of us yeah considering all the ghosts and living toys it's true you know what I think we've earned what lots of pie yeah Yeah. we got that pie Mm -hmm. but uh, before we do we should tell people where to find more information about us yeah so where can they check out more information on our podcast and find past episodes all of our crossover appeal content including all these show notes are available on crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com you can email us uh, your thoughts on pie or on scary toys coming out of cornfields at crossover appeal podcast at gmail.com um you can email us about like what um toy you would be most interested in and most terrified by coming out of the cornfields i you know you could we could start a thread on favorite toys yeah yeah i like that where will they find that thread on um on Facebook, yeah. uh, Crossover Appeal Podcast. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, that's our Facebook page. That's our Facebook page. Um, you can tweet gifts of toys coming to life, question mark, to us. Boy, this is getting scary again. I know, right? <laughs> like, again, when you, you can, describe these movies, they sound like horror movies. You can tweet us uh, cryptic and mysterious commands that of things that we have to do yeah. for oh, the good of mankind oh and gosh. humanity wow. at Crossover Appeal. That's, wow, that's I didn't real intense. Do it, just, yeah, right, like, you could tell us to do it. Yeah, and then we'll see how we're feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you can also subscribe on iTunes and maybe leave a rating and a review because yeah. we really appreciate that. Absolutely. I noticed we got a new rating recently. Hey, so that was really that. exciting. I don't think someone left a review, but like, I appreciated the rating. Mm-hmm. That was real cool. And hey, if you rate it, they will come. Hey! Oh, so I like it. Give us a line of cars out our window. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, we're going to go dig ourselves out of some snow. Oh my goodness. eat some pie. And we will see y'all back here in two weeks where maybe it'll be spring. Oh, no. No. no probably it's not. It's not coming. Oh, someday. Someday. Well, in the meantime, uh, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Carty. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. 